Welcome to Game Pinions episode 68. I'm your host, Kalman, and today I'm back again for another episode of Game Pinions. In today's episode of Game Pinions, we're going to be talking about Microsoft's acquisition of Activision Blizzard. I'm also going to be talking about some of my concerns with the new consolidation trends of the industry. And then I'm going to be talking about Game Pass and where I think that service is going to be heading. So this is a pretty big episode. I don't want to waste any time doing any housekeeping items. So let's go ahead and get right into the topic. So unless you've been living under a rock, you probably heard that Microsoft acquired Activision Blizzard for a very modest $68.7 billion. And they became the third largest gaming company behind Sony and Tencent. And essentially what this means now is Microsoft owns the rights to Candy Crush, Call of Duty, Crash Bandicoot, Sekiro, Tony Hawk, Spyro, Guitar Hero, World of Warcraft, Diablo, Overwatch, Starcraft, and Hearthstone. It is important to note if you are a Sony fan and are highly concerned about this move, Microsoft has stated now multiple times that they still intend to support the Sony PlayStation 5 and any platform I believe that goes after that. They haven't really gone too deep into that, but they intend to support Sony's platform and this goes beyond the 2023 deals. So there was a 2023 deal between Sony and Activision where basically they had an agreement through 2023 that games like Call of Duty would still be going on Sony's platform. Microsoft said that they intend to honor that, but they also intend to honor that past that 2023 deal. So they said they've made a commitment to Sony beyond that. Now, my only question is in what capacity are they talking about? But we'll get into that in a little bit. So this is a big move for Microsoft, and they have so many games now under their umbrella, especially after already acquiring Bethesda, you know, Obsidian, etc., etc. Microsoft has a lot of games that they now control. And you know, if you're a PlayStation fan, this is something that I feel like you should be a little bit concerned about. Um, but even if you are a gaming fan in general, you know, this is kind of worrying signs, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But this actually wasn't the only acquisition that was made back in January. There was also an acquisition where Sony purchased Bungie for $3.6 billion. And Sony, of course, now owning the original Halo creator, Bungie, which is kind of weird to think about. You know, if you were thinking like 10 years ago that this would have happened, uh, it would be really hard to comprehend. It just feels weird saying that Sony now owns Bungie. Uh, this is obviously a much smaller acquisition than what Microsoft did, both in money-wise and, of course, uh, you know, studio-wise, where Bungie is really only responsible right now for Destiny 1 and 2. Mainly Destiny 2 is what they're, they're currently supporting. Uh, this is also going to remain multi-plat, though, so Bungie is not going to be um, ponying up and just sticking with Sony and making exclu exclusive content for Sony, though I guess that they could. I guess dream case scenario, Sony uses Bungie to work on some of their games, possibly, but you know who knows what's going to happen. And then the biggest acquisition was New York Times purchased Wordle. 
yeah, that's that's a pretty big uh, pretty big acquisition. Obviously, for a lot less money than what we saw with uh, Microsoft and Sony, but uh, Wordle is now owned by the New York Times. So, in, in a direct move to uh, to Microsoft's acquisition of Activision Blizzard, Wordle's not going to let them get away with it. So, yeah, New York Times is uh, now going to have Wordle under its umbrella. And I think it's also really important to note here, though, that this Bungie move from Sony was really not a counter to Microsoft's move with Activision. I know the fact that it is Bungie is kind of like that's kind of a low blow just because of the previous relationship with Bungie and Microsoft. But this was not a move that was made in counter. Maybe it was announced in a counter type of way, um, but it's a deal that has got to have been in works for a long time. Um, as these moves just don't, they don't, you know, happen overnight. It takes a long time to, you know, work out the agreements and all that. So um, Sony and Bungie now are together. Microsoft and Activision Blizzard are now together. And it's uh, it's definitely interesting times that we're heading into. So let's just go over the three companies here and where this move kind of leaves them. So I feel like Microsoft One, they have been on a shopping spree now for a while and this is their biggest fish that I think they've gotten just in terms of return. They've gained a ton of leverage on PlayStation. And I feel like the fact that they have all these franchises, not only did they gain leverage on Sony, they have also gained leverage on consumers because Microsoft now controls where a lot of these games go. And if for some reason one day they're like, hey, you know what? We want to bring these just in-house. They have the ability to do that. They have the flexibility to do that, which is something that you know they now have. They have greater flexibility as to what they can do. They also have a lot more IP under their belt. So it is, uh, it's, definitely, it's definitely crazy that Microsoft did this. And in many ways, I feel like Microsoft has somewhat future-proofed themselves um, for a time where maybe we don't have gaming hardware anymore. So... I feel like this was just a really big move from Microsoft. Was it great for us as consumers? I don't know. Was it great for the industry? I don't know. Was it great for Activision? Well, it might give them a rebranding that they so desperately needed, but it's really hard to say. So where does this leave Sony in all this? So one, they've lost a ton of leverage. I mean, this is something that they definitely did not want to see happen. And even though Microsoft has committed to Sony, we just don't know what that means, like what the capacity of that deal is. Um, they might need to accept a deal for Game Pass. You know, it's really hard to say, but it feels like uh, Sony, a company that has been resistant to collaborating with the other console manufacturers, especially with crossplay. And, you know, they are just super against that. You know, it is important to note, though, that they have been a little bit more accepting of branching out a little bit, putting some of their games like Horizon on PC releasing MLB The Show as a multi-platform game on Switch and on Xbox, and all of them are going to have cross-platform play. There's definitely some growth there for Sony. So it's not impossible to think that they wouldn't accept a deal for Game Pass if it meant that they would still be able to sell Activision's games on their platform. So that's not like a crazy thing to think about. So I definitely think that Sony could you know, be okay with accepting a deal for Game Pass even though I feel like it would kill them a little bit inside seeing a Microsoft app running on their platform. So I also think that Sony has gained a very capable asset in Bungie. Once again, is it great for the industry? I don't know. If they keep it multi-plat, I guess it's fine. They've gained a really good asset in Bungie. I feel like Bungie is their best first-person shooter developer in their team, you know, across all their studios. They definitely are the most capable. 
And I feel like if Sony used Bungie in terms of besides them working on you know, their own stuff for multi-platform games, if Sony decided to possibly bring back an old IP like, I don't know, Resistance, maybe Bungie could give them a little bit of a hand on that and work on that game because it probably would turn out exceptionally well. So who knows? And, and I feel like Sony would finally get a shooter that they so desperately need. I feel like Resistance is definitely that game. Uh, not so much Killzone, which has kind of died out, and SOCOM has essentially disappeared off the planet, and there hasn't been any mention of SOCOM in years. So I feel like Resistance would fit really nicely in the lineup of Sony's games, and I feel like Bungie would be one of the perfect developers to create that game. So where does this leave Nintendo? So I feel like Nintendo is kind of an interesting situation where they're really self-sufficient. You know, I feel like they could be making all these different moves and people just kind of forget about Nintendo's role in all this because it's not really relevant for them. If Microsoft and Sony are going to be, you know, acquiring all these different companies, Nintendo probably doesn't have any of those games on their platforms anyway, or at least they're not relying heavily on those games anyway. So it was kind of like, you know, for the last few generations, the third party support on Nintendo has been very barren. The Switch is probably the best one out of the last three console generations that Nintendo's had in terms of third-party support. And even that is pretty small. But Nintendo's reliance on their first party just makes them more self-sustainable. So, I mean, it really doesn't matter. And Nintendo has already seen great success with the Nintendo Switch, already surpassing the Nintendo Wii for their greatest-selling console of all time. So the Switch is doing really well for itself. And Nintendo just had a really great Nintendo Direct, which showed off some awesome games like Super Mario Strikers, which looks really awesome. And I feel like Nintendo is just kind of doing their own thing and they are succeeding. Uh, so I don't think it's likely Nintendo enters the arms race. I think that they're just going to continue to do what they need to do. And they have Breath of the Wild 2 coming out soon. They have, you know, Metroid Prime 4 in the pipeline and a few other different games that they still have to come out. The new Kirby game looks amazing. So I feel like Nintendo is just kind of in a unique situation where this move doesn't really matter. I think that, you know, I've, I've mentioned in the past that I think that Nintendo and I actually the last two episodes in the past, in the last two episodes, I said, I think Nintendo should make an acquisition and that is of Mercury Steam, which really wouldn't impact the industry all that much. Because Mercury Steam is very small, but I just feel like they deserve it considering how good they did with Metroid. And I feel like it's an acquisition that makes sense. It enhances Nintendo's games. So I definitely think that that's a move I'd be okay with. I think small acquisitions that make sense aren't really a huge deal. So all this stuff is, is crazy and all the companies are going to be affected in some way, except probably Nintendo. But it does seem like Nintendo actually might get Call of Duty out of this. So who knows? Maybe that's something that, that kind of works out good for them in the long run. Um, but there's definitely a little bit of things going on that are a little bit concerning. And, you know, this is all new. And I personally am not a huge fan of change all the time. So it, it definitely is a little bit, you know, shocking. And maybe nothing bad comes out of this. But I will say that this deal for Microsoft and Sony are going to be reviewed by the FTC. And if you're curious about what happens with these and what determines whether or not the FTC has to look into these types of deals, uh, I actually did pull a little passage from the FTC.gov website, and I'm just going to go ahead and read that to you, and that reads as, among the key provisions in the U.S. antitrust law is one designed to prevent anti-competitive mergers and acquisitions. Under the Hart-Scott-Rodinio Act, 
the FTC and Department of Justice review most of proposed transactions that affect commerce in the United States and are over a certain size, and agency can take legal action to block deals that it believes would substantially lessen competition. Although there are some exemptions, for the most part, current law requires companies to report any deal that is valued at more than $101 million to agencies so they can be reviewed. So this is going to be uh, you know, something that's going to have to pass, I guess, FTC approval. Um, so that's going to be both for the Microsoft Ac uh, Activision deal and the Sony deal for Bungie. Here is an interview with uh, Financial Times that this is according to IGN because Financial Times is one of those websites where it's like, oh, you want to read our articles? Well, guess what? You're going to have to pay for a subscription. It's like, I can't believe that's a thing in 2022. Like every time I see that, I just exit out of the website and never visit again. It's like, I'm not, I'm not paying money to read this stuff. It's like insane. Like you would think you'd want as many eyeballs as possible and not use a subscription service to block people out. Just use AdSense, like a modern company maybe. So yeah, kind of insane. But it's the Financial Times. I'm not sure what their deal is, but hey, they, they do them and whatever. But according to IGN, uh, Microsoft CEO uh, Satya Nadella, I think that's how you pronounce her name. I'm probably 100% wrong which wouldn't be the first time. But she said that she didn't expect there to be any holdup. And I quote, at the end of the day, all the analysis here has been done through a lens of what's the category we're talking about and what about the market structure? Even post this acquisition, we will be the number three with sort of low teens market share, where even the highest player is also in the teens for market share. It shows how fragmented content creation platforms are. And so that's the fundamental category. Yes, we will be a big player in what is a highly fragmented place, end quote. So essentially, I feel like I kind of have to agree here. Uh, I feel like there's nothing that is going to hold this deal up. I, I just don't think that they can justify uh, negating this Microsoft deal because there are so many other companies that exist and even in that space that are bigger than Microsoft. So how can you turn down Microsoft from expanding and acquiring Activision when there are other companies like Tencent that are just bigger than Microsoft. I just don't see that being, you know, grounds for them to cancel. The only thing I feel like that could be a holdup is because prior to the deal, Microsoft was ranked the fourth biggest gaming company. And according to whatever source you're looking at, Blizzard, uh, I'm sorry, Activision and Blizzard ranked somewhere between fifth and like eighth. So as high as fifth, as low as eighth in, in the biggest gaming company rankings. So the fact that two major players have combined, I feel like that might be an issue. But I just, once again, I feel like it's just not a big enough, it's not big enough for, I think, the FTC to really step in and cancel it. But I do feel like the deals are going to be more scrutinized going forward uh, if if this goes through, and I feel like it will go through. So here's another situation where I feel like there was two companies that were really big in their industry. Only the only difference is is that they were really the two major players, and that was when Comcast bought Time Warner for forty five billion dollars in 2014. So in this case, the deal was reviewed by both the FCC and the Antitrust Division of the United States Department of Justice. And this is a passage from Wikipedia, and it reads, In April 2015, it was reported that the U.S. Department of Justice was preparing to file an antitrust lawsuit against Comcast and Time Warner Cable. 
in a bid to halt the merger, arguing that the merger would reduce the level of competition in the cable television and broadband internet industries. On April 24th, 2015, Comcast officially announced that it had called off the merger. So in this case, because those two players were really the only players, and I know in a lot of areas, if you don't want like Spectrum or you don't want Xfinity, which both those companies have become, you're essentially SOL. There's really nothing out there that's going to give you the same speeds or the same um, you know, quality of service, and even though their quality is questionable sometimes. Um, it's really the only the only player. So if they combined, basically, Comcast would have controlled everything. They would have been controlled throughout every territory. You'd have to get Comcast. So I feel like that became a bigger issue, even though the cost of the acquisition wasn't as much, didn't really play a role because of the context of what that purchase meant for the consumer. So, and it's still not great now, but it's a move that, you know, they determined was not Right. So it ended up not going through. This is a little bit different where I feel like there is still plenty of other uh, major players out there. And even though this does give Microsoft a lot of power, and even though the FTC may not even like Microsoft, I just don't think they can justify canceling this deal. And the only issue is really because they purchased another powerhouse in the top 10. But I just don't think that in the context of the industry, that's going to be enough for them to shut this deal down. Because if they shut this deal down, then they're going to have to shut down Sony's deal for Bungie, I'm assuming, even though that is a much smaller acquisition. But it just doesn't seem it doesn't seem like that is going to be an issue or a holdup. So I feel like this deal is going to go through. Now, even though this deal is going to go through, I have to say that I don't think that this consolidation is necessarily a good thing. I feel like this Activision move isn't necessarily the biggest issue with the move. I think that the main problem is that one this move is going to cause a little bit of panic in the industry because of the lost leverage. And I feel like this is going to lead to more counter moves in terms of more consolidation. So it's not necessarily in a vacuum, the Activision deal is bad. It's just that the consequences that this move is going to yield is really the bigger issue. So Microsoft buying Activision, Sony buying Bungie, which is more so probably not a counter move. It may have been a counter announcement, but it was a move that was in the works, is now going to make Sony want to make a bigger move and make Microsoft make a bigger move. And who knows? Maybe Apple buys one of the major companies. Like, who knows? Like, it's it's crazy. So it's there's just going to be a lot of consolidation. And I feel like it's not great to have a company that is owning too much of all these different all these different publishers. I feel like there is some value to be had from having publishers that aren't owned by hardware manufacturers. So I don't think it would be a beneficial thing to have this whittled down to only a few companies controlling the industry and limiting the competition out there because the competition does hold everyone in check. There's certain things and certain prices that things cannot hit because there is competition to hold them in check. And unless they all move together, one of them is going to just not do well. But the, you know, the more you cut back on this competition, the more you give power to those that hold the power. So it's, uh, it's not great. I think that it's going to be an issue. And then once you have all the power, you don't have to try as hard. You don't have to you know, be as creative. You don't have to you know, work as hard because you're their only option. 
or you're one of their only options. So I don't think this is going to have a positive impact on competition if moves like this continue to happen. If someone buys up EA, if someone buys up another big company, I feel like that's going to be just further issues down the road. And I just don't think that's something the gaming industry needs when it already kind of feels like we're, we're kind of in that situation where certain companies kind of control the industry. I don't think having that consolidated even more is beneficial to us. And I feel like this would be the same even if Nintendo acquired Activision uh, or even if, micro, or if, if uh, Sony acquired them either. It's not just a Microsoft thing. This isn't like a I hate Microsoft thing. It's just I just feel like it's beneficial to have some standalone companies that are not tied into hardware sales and tied into, you know, under all under the same company. I just feel like it's better to have more separate and more individual publishers doing their own thing and making their own decisions. I just feel like that is more beneficial to us as consumers. And I also just want to, you know, say I don't think small acquisitions are bad. Like I feel like Insomniac getting acquired by PlayStation was fine because they worked so closely with them on Spider-Man. I don't think the move for Obsidian was bad on Microsoft's part. And I don't think that if Nintendo acquired Mercury Steam, that would be a bad thing either. It just seems like small acquisitions that are going to help with their exclusive content. I feel like that's fine. And I also want to say I don't think having console exclusives are bad. There's some people out there that say that, you know, there should be no exclusives at all and every game should be available on every platform. But I feel like, you know, games like Mario, Zelda, Metroid, uh, you know, the Sony exclusives, the Microsoft exclusives like Halo, I feel like it's it's part of their brand and I feel like each console does need to have something to kind of set it apart from each other in order for that console to be appealing to purchase. Like, I feel like that's part of their branding and I think that's more than fine. I mean, you want to kind of have some unique experiences on each console because otherwise it's just everything's the same and it's kind of not super fun. So I feel like having exclusives is not a bad thing and even having an occasional third party exclusive isn't a bad thing. But when you have these big time publishers being purchased up, if for some reason those games ended up becoming exclusive, if Sony made Bungie games exclusive or if Microsoft made Activision games exclusive, I think that it would be an issue. I think that you know, it would just not be a great thing to do. And obviously you want to continue to have those games across all platforms. But what Microsoft is doing with Bethesda, it seems like, you know, they said in the beginning that, you know, these Bethesda games were still going to be going on PlayStation, but Starfield's not. So what does that mean? Like, what's that mean going forward? Elder Scrolls appears to be an Xbox exclusive. So I definitely feel like that's not a good thing. But, you know, they've, they've made the acquisition and it's something that, they're just going to do. So it's really, there's really nothing we can do about it. But I just feel like big time acquisitions like that, I feel like Bethesda by itself actually may have been better. So it's just, um, it's just a little bit confusing. But I, I think that both these companies are going to continue making acquisitions. And I think we've now entered an era where we're just going to be seeing a lot of these moves happening. It's really just a matter of, uh, you know, what domino falls next. So we'll see what happens. We'll see which company makes the next move. But it just doesn't appear like this is going to be ending anytime soon. And just as consumers, I think that we should be a little bit concerned about it just because, you know, we don't want to see a lower level of competition. We don't want to have Disney, Google and Apple existing in the gaming industry in the in the form of, you know, Sony, Microsoft and whoever, whoever else it is, Tencent. We just don't want to see that happen. Hopefully this doesn't happen. And, you know, hopefully 
if there is even bigger moves than this to come, hopefully the FTC steps in and, and says, okay, that's that's enough. You can't do that anymore. It's just not becoming consumer friendly. So so we'll see what happens. It's going to be interesting. It's just, you know, change is hard. I don't really love change and it's just, it is what it is. We'll see what happens. But um, I feel like after this move, Microsoft can now go in a few different directions. Um, I think this first one is probably the least likely and that was kind of what we were talking about earlier. But Microsoft could potentially keep Activision games exclusive after the contract runs out with Sony, which they said that that is not going to be the case and that, that the contract is going to continue in some degree after 2023. In this scenario, they keep the games exclusive and they buy themselves out of the contract and they revert back to putting an emphasis on hardware sales because that's essentially what that move would mean. It means that Microsoft has caught some feels and now sees the potential of having all these exclusive games to their platform. I don't think that's going to happen. I think that it goes against their, their new philosophy of Game Pass. So I definitely think that that's not going to happen. So we can kind of mark that one off. But there's always a possibility that a Switch flicks and Microsoft all of a sudden reverts back to that. And they're like, hey, wait a minute. We can own the industry. So we'll see what happens. I don't think that's going to happen, though. I don't think Microsoft would do that. I feel like that would cause way too much backlash, and I don't know if they want to, to catch those hands. So the other one here might be a little bit more likely. Microsoft can continue to grow Game Pass while still offering Activision games on PS5. And that's just kind of how things are now. They'll have their Game Pass on the platforms they want to have it on, um, but then offering it on PlayStation 5 still as you know individual games that you can purchase but then also putting game pass on playstation 5 now there is another scenario here which i feel like might also be likely is that microsoft can hold their games hostage only allowing them to be played on game pass which sony unfortunately for them they would kind of have to agree it's either we put game pass on your platform and they play the games on game pass or you cannot access these games at all on playstation that's definitely something that could happen. Is it likely it's going to happen? I don't know. I don't know if they want to damage their relationship with Sony, especially because they are working on cloud services together. That is something that I believe is still a thing. So I'm not really sure what's going to happen with that. I don't think that would happen, but that is always a chance. Microsoft could be like, it's either Game Pass or nothing. What's, what's your move? If you don't want it, We'll just put it on literally everything else and you'll be left in the dust. So that's definitely something. And unless Sony gains more leverage, uh, I feel like that's something that Microsoft could definitely do if they wanted to. So let's uh, let's talk about the uh, last topic I have here today, and that's going to be Game Pass. So Game Pass is a really good deal currently. There's over 100 games. It's $14.99 per month. If you want to join for a month just to try it out, it's a single dollar. It's just a dollar to, to try it out, which is pretty insane that you get access to all those games for just a dollar. And it's available on PC, it's available on phones, and it's going to be available on more things as they expand Game Pass. So why is Game Pass good? One, if you don't make a lot of money, or if you are very short on money, or you just don't want to spend a ton of money, you have access to a really large library for a pretty low price per month. And it's a lot cheaper than even just buying a single game every month. So it's it's also going to be offering flexibility as to what platform you can play it on. You don't really even need a console now to enjoy some Xbox games and a few other different games on if you have a PC. With the emergence of xCloud, eventually you'll be able to play games wherever. It won't even rely on your hardware at that point. It'll be processed somewhere else. You won't have to worry about it. So here's why I think Game Pass could be potentially not great 
one, I think it is promoting a future or at least getting us used to a future where maybe we don't really own our games anymore. I know that we've kind of given up a lot of control as consumers once we started going to the convenience of digital games where we no longer have to take the disc out of our system and put in a new one. We can just literally push the home button and switch over to whatever game we want. It's very convenient, but we did give up a little bit of ownership when we made that switch. I feel like with Game Pass, it's getting us used to a subscription-based service. And now with xCloud streaming, eventually we probably won't even have to download our games. Everything will just be subscription-based and we will just pay the subscription and be able to stream those games wherever we want, whether it be a smart TV, a cell phone, whatever. We'll be able to play our Xbox games that way. And I feel like this all leads to Microsoft having greater control. So I feel like Microsoft is preparing for a time without consoles. So I feel like Microsoft is really prepping for a time where we no longer have our physical hardware. So no more game consoles and things are just app based. I think that's what Game Pass is really intended to be for. And I think Microsoft has actually learned a lot from other streaming services like Netflix. The problem with Netflix is that when it first came out, it was really the only thing that was, it was the only streaming service of its kind that was, you know, in the mainstream. So all of like these different companies wanted to have their content on there. NBC had the office on there. You had Disney with some Marvel movies. There's a few other different companies that had their content on there. But then over time, they're like, hey, you know what? We can make our own money by creating our own streaming service. So eventually, The Office went on Peacock. Marvel movies went on Disney Plus and et cetera, et cetera. But Microsoft, what they are doing now with these acquisitions are basically ensuring that we're always going to have high quality games on our Game Pass. And because we own all these things, we don't have to worry about Activision creating their own streaming service. We don't have to worry about Bethesda creating their own streaming service. You know, it's kind of like, you know, the Epic Launcher and Steam type of deal here. We're just going to have everything accessible on our Game Pass and we own everything. So we don't have to worry about these games leaving or going anywhere. And I feel like that is essentially what they want to do. Now, Game Pass is also currently not profitable. It is considered sustainable, and that's according to Phil Spencer. So Game Pass is considered sustainable, not profitable. How do you make something profitable? When you're adding more and more games to Game Pass, what's going to happen? Well, think of these different subscription services, Netflix, PS Plus, Xbox Live, Amazon Prime. What do all of those have in common? They all follow a similar trend of going up in price. What's going to happen to Game Pass? Probably going to go up in price. Netflix went from starting at $11.99 to $19.99. PS Plus went from $49.99 to $59.99. Xbox Live Gold is now $120 per year, $60 each for half year. Amazon Prime went from $119 and it's going to be going to $139. And that's already up from what it was before. And I think Netflix actually went up to $11.99 from what it was before as well. All of these subscription services go up in price. So what do you think Game Pass will do once it's the only option if this does happen? It's going to go up in price. The greatest deal in gaming is no longer going to be the greatest deal in gaming. It's going to be an expensive service that you have no option to opt out of because it's going to be one of the only ways to play these games. I feel like that is the biggest concern that I have. And is this going to happen? Who knows? It's really hard to say. It may not happen this way. 
You know, they may want to continue their hardware. They may want to hold on to that as long as they can. But I feel like ultimately this is what the future is going to look like. We're going to have subscription services and Sony is not in, is not innocent in this as well. They're working on Project Spartacus. So what do you think is going to happen with that as well? Both of those two streaming services are going to compete. Sony is probably a little bit late to the party now, but they're going to probably try to acquire as many as many companies as they can so they can do something similar that Microsoft is going to do with Game Pass. I just feel like this is something that's going to happen and I'm a little bit nervous about this. And even though this is all hypothetical, this might not happen. I just feel like the the writing is on the wall in some degree that this is definitely a possibility that Game Pass and Spartacus are going to go head to head in a console world where everything's on the cloud and you have to pay a subscription service that is going to be a lot higher than what it is right now. It's uh, it's definitely a little bit concerning. So I feel like that's something that I'm concerned about. I feel like this is where Game Pass is going to go in the future. And I feel like this is where Sony's going to go in the future with Spartacus. So just want to throw that out there. It might not happen, but it's just something to uh, to think about. So once again, I just want to throw out there, I don't hate Microsoft. I don't hate Sony. I don't hate Nintendo or any of these companies that are doing this stuff. It's just, I feel like as consumers, it's very important for us to be critical about things and very important for us to try to predict what is going to happen next. So we can do everything we can to, you know, try to prevent something like this from occurring. Uh, I just don't feel like it's beneficial. I want the gaming industry to go in a, into a position that is advantageous for us as consumers. So I just feel like, you know, talking about this is something that is important to do. Now, obviously, my podcast is not going to change the gaming industry. It's not going to change things. But hopefully, if you're listening to this, this is a perspective that you can kind of see and you know, understand some of my concerns where I feel like, you know, this eliminating competition, it gives Microsoft the ability to do something like this. And it gives Sony the ability to do something like this, where they become the only vendor. There's no more physical games in this scenario that come out because there's no physical hardware. And we're already starting to see them wean off physical games. And that war is over. <laughs> the physical games are done. So, you know, you just have to be, keep in mind, you know, all these acquisitions are allowing these companies to do something like this, where if you want to play your games, eventually you might have to pay a $50 subscription or you might have to pay, you know, a higher subscription than 15, than 15 bucks. So it's definitely important just to kind of keep in mind, you know, this is the kind of things that can happen. This game pass scenario that I just read out, it can definitely happen. It's possible. So I think that's, that's really just where I want to want to leave that, but I'm sure we'll be talking about this more as the gaming industry evolves, so will game pinions. We'll just keep evolving with it. But yeah, definitely something to keep your eye out. Um, we'll see some crazy things probably in the coming years and even this year of different acquisitions that are being made. And we'll see if it ends up going in this direction. Hopefully not, but it's always a possibility. So if you enjoyed this episode of Game Pinions, make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcast or whatever podcast platform you prefer. You can also check us out at GamePinions.net check out all of our episodes on there and that will also lead you to your uh, your platform subscription links and if you ever wanted to start your own podcast make sure you head on over to blueberry.com that's b-l-u-b-r-r-y.com use promo code game pinions and then you can have a free month of actually no scratch that you can have two free months of podcast hosting service and two free months of podcasting stats so it's a really great trial I definitely recommend Blueberry.com. I think it's one of the best hosting services you can have. I've had it for the last three years going on four. I think we're at at this point. 
and I have loved every minute of it. Customer service is second to none. The WordPress integration is amazing with PowerPress. Uh, definitely recommend it. And uh, as always, I definitely appreciate your listening. If you've gotten this far, <laughs> I definitely appreciate you listening in to Game Pinions, and we will be having some more episodes coming up. So I'll catch you then. 